it's Mailbag Monday, and we'll be getting through some of our listeners' questions, uh, breaking down some of the questions we received throughout the week, all coming up on Locked On NHL Prospects. You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On this podcast, we break down everything prospects related for you uh, five days a week, but during the summer, it's going to be three. Uh, I'm, I'm Hattie Kalakesh, joined by Sebastian High. Uh, we work mainly with Dauber Prospects and working with, uh, with each other for a while, but we bring you these podcasts. Uh, and uh, yeah, Sebastian, let's get through the Mailbag Monday questions. This is going to be great. We've got a, really, a couple of really good ones. Um, you know... This first one's pretty interesting by Taylor Finley. Uh, I just want your thoughts on this. Uh, it's a pretty straightforward answer, but why hasn't Connor Bedard signed his ELC yet? I, I don't know. I, I'm not really thinking much about it because uh, I'm expecting him to sign it. Uh, he's yeah. already skating around in Blackhawks gear. I think it's mm-hmm. at this point, it's likely about the bonus incentives in that contract and that they're yeah. currently negotiating. But it'll it'll it should be done the next like week or two uh but yeah my, my my guess would be it's around the actual bonuses in the in the deal that would make sense um i think also uh i'm not sure if he's turned 18 yet or not i don't think he has not uh, not for another, another couple of weeks i don't think i think he's not eligible to sign before the uh before he turns 18 which might that's be a thing interesting. yeah that's possible yeah but sure. we'll look into that and get you a, a more direct answer soon. But from what I understand, it's either the fact that he, they're still working through the signing bonuses and making sure that he gets as much as possible out of his contract, or it's just simply that he's not eligible yet. Uh, moving on to our second question from Anthony Vincenz. Um, he wants to know what our top 10 NHL-ready draft picks from 2023 would be. Now, this was a bit difficult. I think we can start fairly easily with Connor Bedard, Adam Fantilli, Leo Carlson. That's a kind of good top three. Pretty pretty clearly, yeah. Pretty I, I'd say so. Uh, Colby what do you Barlow? Think about, Colby Barlow would be one. I, I think, think he's basic. I don't think he has any growth left to do. Like, he he, <laughs> he genuinely looks like he, like, owns, like he pays taxes. Like, genuinely just... <laughs> yeah. He's just... He's aged, uh, uh, you know, in terms in terms of prospects, he genuinely looks thirty. You compare him with like Lane Hudson in his draft year, and it's like, oh my how god, how were you two the same age? Like, there's no yeah. way. Uh, but yeah, I'd also put in maybe uh, Nate Danielson in that category. I think Ryan are... Leonard maybe too. Like oh, Danielson, Leonard. For Leonard. Sure. Um, I don't know. Is is Hanzek a bit much? Mm, he's got to. F- frame he's got the, the 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 stamina and the the general kind of pro build um mm-hmm. yeah I, I definitely kind of put him in this range um how about oliver moore i think he could yeah mm-hmm. I, I think he's definitely in that conversation um along with with danielson uh i i maybe a bit of a curveball but i think i'd throw in oscar fisker molgard in that conversation too considering yeah. how effective he was in a middle six SHL role already. Uh, I think mm-hmm. he's he's quite refined in how he plays the game. And yes, he's a yeah. bit undersized, but uh, I mean, he's six feet, but he's 166 pounds. Like it would be a yeah. bit of a, 
he'd have to adapt a bit to the North American game to to come over right away, which he obviously won't. I'm not saying that he will come over because we're not going yeah. to see ten prospects in this draft class play NHL games this season. No, but sure. I think I think he would be in my top ten of players who could play competent fourth line minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, are there any defensemen that we that we, that we put in here because defensemen do need more time? But like Reinbacher could uh, maybe yeah. be in there. I yeah, think. no, definitely, definitely David Reinbacher. Um, Tom Velander. I, I Is that... definitely plug in Velander. That was the guy I was going to mention. Velander and Reinbacher are probably the only two D's that could approach that conversation. I don't think either of them are there. I but agree. They they both would certainly kind of they're about as close as you can get as a D from this draft uh, for yeah. sure. You know that's that that's and it's different. It's a different ball game than a David Yurichek, who was just genuinely one of the most like NHL ready defensemen we've seen in a long while come out of the draft. Um, and you know he played NHL games last year and, and looked great. Um, but yeah, no, it's just it. None of the guys from this year on the year are at the same level as Yurichek, so yeah. I think that it, it's a long shot to see them make the NHL. Um, and one last little, one last guy I would pro- plug in there probably would be Felix Ingersoll. Um, wow. I, yeah, I, I think he's got he's already signed as ELC for Carolina, so you know it's not out of the question that he makes a good impression in training camp and then plays uh, a game or two. I don't think he's that'd be very funny full... for us because yeah. he's been he's been our Dauber prospects golden child. Because I think I, yeah. I think he's the player that we had like higher than everyone else like of all 2023 eligibles i think we were the most bullish compared to the like consensus on him and piran i'd say would be the two guys we had higher than most smart scouting i think had piran pretty high too I, I, yeah. a few services had him high but i think ungersorum is the one guy that we like really really were banging the table for compared to everyone else listen think... he signed his elc that's all i'm gonna say yeah i'm happy <laughs> Uh, but I think one last name I'll throw in, in the hat is David Edstrom. Uh, he plays a oh, very yeah. simple, straightforward game, strong defensively. I think he's he, he he's powerful enough to to get by in the offensive zone and, and make mm-hmm. some space for himself. And while I, I had him ranked 48th in the, in the end, I, I, I don't quite see the upside of swinging for him at 32 like Vegas did. But mm-hmm. I do think like if you were to plug him in eight minutes a night at even strength, yeah, you could do worse at this point in time. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, this kind of ties into the next question we got of uh, which are there any if there if there are any, are there any players from the second round from last year uh, that are going to be making the NHL right away? I think the straight answer is no. I don't think it's very likely that any uh, 2023 second rounders make the NHL right away. I think it's a long shot. Um, But what do you think about that? Are any guys, you know, we mentioned Oscar Fisker, Mulgaard, and Felix Ingersorum. Is there anyone else from that second round that you'd see make it? Okay, I think I'm going to interpret the question slightly differently because I don't think anyone drafted outside the top 32 is going to, like, start in the NHL. But I'm thinking more of, like, an Owen Beck situation of just a random player out to the top 32 getting, an NH- getting into an NH- NHL game this season. Yeah. Uh, it's tough, though. It's, it's difficult. Um who could be that person? Uh, Gavin uh, Brindley, obviously maybe at the end of the season. I could, I could, oh. I could maybe see Columbus bringing him in at the end of the season for a couple games once he's done in Michigan, sure. and then probably starting him in the AHL next season, but giving him a taste of NHL games right away and playing alongside mm-hmm. Pantilli. I could see that yeah. happening. That might might be my guess, but 
I mean, you're not going to see guys like Crystal or Perron play or, yeah, I don't know. It's, who else is there that, Ethan Goatsey maybe, end of the season for Tampa? That would be maybe. that would be the only guy that I would perhaps possibly maybe consider, but it's, again, it's a long shot. I don't think he's, I don't think there's anyone that you can look at from this second round and kind of concretely say, yeah, this guy's going to be playing in the NHL, especially not starting. I think yeah. there's a very small chance that you see maybe a um Casper Halton and come back from loan uh late in the season for for uh for San Jose. Um, you know, there's guys like Felix Nilsson that are playing really good hockey and obviously Oscar Fisker Mulgard, Felix Ingrisorum, those are guys who could who we could see kind of later in the season. Um, but I think that what's best for the development, and I think teams are going to agree is, with this, is just to make sure that they stay as long as possible, um, yeah. you know, in, in their systems and get comfortable and get dominant in their systems before coming over so that their mindset isn't, let me just keep my head above water and survive. Their mindset is, I can do this, I can thrive, I can score, which is what you want from an NHL coming over, especially in the second round. So that pretty much wraps up our first segment. We're going to have a lot more questions to go through. Um, but before we get into it, Sebastian, talk me through FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is a betting app. And on the app, you're able to take your first swing on betting MLB and get 10 times your first betting amount and up to $200 back in free bets. That's right. That's like 20 bucks that you put in and you can get $200 back in bonus bets, whether you win or lose your first bet. That's 200 bucks that you can spend on anything from like money line to over and unders to even who you think is going to swing the first home run of a baseball game. All on an app that's pretty safe and secure. Plus you win and you get paid instantly, which isn't the case for most betting, betting services. There's no place to bet MLB like on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up on, and visit fanduel.com slash locked on and get $200 back in bonus bets. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official partner of MLB. Awesome. So let's continue with our uh, questions from Mailbag Monday. So we're going to go through uh, three more in the second segment. We're going to start with this question by Glep Hockey, which is, which NCAA teams should I be watching next season? I think there's no doubt about it. Uh, Boston University is at the top or at least near Boston the top College, of that list. Maybe? Boston College like, is Boston definitely College up there as well. Oh, yeah. Will Smith, they're, they're the two uh, I'm, I'm hyped for. Yeah. And they're going to be facing each other a lot in the year which is going to be very interesting to watch for um i'd say that wisconsin's up there just mainly because of the coaching change uh i'm very interested in seeing what happens there how the playing style changes how the utilization of their freshmen changes because that's been an issue in recent years uh you've also got michigan who's got to be in the conversation i mean they always are uh gavin brindley's going to be returning he's going to be you know pretty much solidifying a top six role, becoming their main kind of uh, producer in that top six. Um, I, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see. I believe Fantilli signed his ELC and is going to be playing the NHL next year. So that's kind of out of the question. Um, that kind of frees up a bit more space for Brindley to, to shine offensively. But Frank, Frank Nazar is going to be healthy this season in Michigan. And that that'll be exciting true. to see. Uh, lots of, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of curious, like smaller scale in Michigan. I'm curious to see how Tyler Duke does in that new system. I think he could be a quietly good top four NCAA defenseman. 
lots of fun things brewing around, but I think it's like for me, Boston College is the team that I'm most excited to see because I think it's the team that has undergone the most positive changes in the offseason. I mean, they are adding the entire yeah. NTDP top line of Smith, Leonard, Perot on top of Aaron Manishan and Jacob Fowler. Ooh, it's going to be fun to watch them play. And then for Bo for Boston University, mm -hmm. you're adding Tom Volander, who's going to be the perfect complement to Lane Hudson on that top pairing. And in a year's time, you're going to add Cole Hudson to the mix too. Uh, it, it's an exciting time for the Boston uh, the, the, the Boston uh, University, so both BU and BC. Uh, mm -hmm. But I think they're the two that I'm personally most excited to watch. No, absolutely. That's that's definitely the case. Uh, so lots of teams to watch. I'd even put Nodak in there just simply because uh, Jaden Prawn is going to be on that uh, that team, yeah. I believe, which is going to be very, very interesting. Um, and a couple more additions that they have. So, yeah, a lot of teams to look at, but mainly it's going to be BU, Boston College, Michigan. Those are the top three, I think, that have pretty much separated themselves from the pack. Moving on to our second question from the segment, we've got Jérémy Contois who asks in French, uh, why did Jordan Jordan Tourigny get uh, go undrafted in last year's draft? Uh, now I can answer this pretty fairly. Um, I was fairly high on him at the start of the year. Saw a lot of potential in terms of his skating ability, his ability to break out the puck with his skating, um, and just gain the offensive zone with with smart incremental plays. But the more year, the year went on, the more he saw some warts, especially with the awareness of vision. Um, you know, especially off the puck, it was a main issue. He was he was really struggling to get involved uh, defensively, keeping up with players. His pivots are average, even though the skating laterally and and forwards is pretty good. Um, there are some big big concerns with his projectability, and on top of that, the smarts were very inconsistent at the start of the year. He was pretty impressive, but usually we see, you see players progress in terms of their awareness, their vision, their their decision making, their play selection. But it was the opposite for Tulini. By the end of the year, who was really struggling to string plays together, he ended up in my 70 to 90 range. And even then, I thought that was a bit high. Uh, so, yeah, no, he's one guy that I wasn't really surprised to see go undrafted, especially since his, his brother, um, uh, Miguel Tulini, has a, pretty much the same profile minus the shot. Um, uh, so, sorry, uh, Tourini has, uh, Miguel Tourini has the shot, and yeah. Jordan has more of a playmaking element. Uh, that's one thing Miguel can do is just shoot the lights out. Um, and he went, he, he got drafted in his third year of eligibility. So I wouldn't be surprised to see round. Jordan kind of go through this. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see Jordan Tourney go through the same thing. Um, but then our final question of the segment, I think that this is one we can spend a bit more time on. Um, at that new Shab asks, who's the runner up to Connor Bedard for the Calder this year? And don't take the cop out and go with Adam Fantillier uh any of that's kind of top end guys i want some sleepers some guys that are kind of off the board that you think could um, be really interesting i mean it's not that off the board but david yerichek i think i think he might take a big big step this season i mean he, he already did in the last year and while columbus has gone out and acquired uh, a couple defensemen to uh i guess from their perspective, shore up the the, the back end. Uh, though I wouldn't. I think Provorov is uh, perhaps not the player that they think they're acquiring there. But I mean, he's going to be think... playing top ten minutes. You just know it. Like it, it's, oh, for sure, it's... of course. And and yeah. this is why I'm a bit more skeptical, just because I I don't see as clear of a mm -hmm. path anymore for a year track to get those big minutes in his rookie season, which you need to to win the yeah. Calder. Um, 
I don't think Shane Wright will. I think he's going to have a good but subtle NHL season uh, as a rookie. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's obviously Connor Bedard's to lose. He's going to win, but mm, runner up ahead of Fantilli. Do you you have any other ideas? Because I'm racking my brain right now. Um, Some guy we really like called William Eklund, who's going to be playing his first true uh, rookie season in a lineup that is really lacking in top six talent on which he's going to be fairly likely to be playing 15 to 18 to 20 minutes a game. Um, Along with Phil Zadina. Yeah, or Thomas Hurdle. Both, probably. (laughs) Likely both, genuinely. It's probably going to be that line. That line would be not bad, honestly. Uh, or, or you put I, him I with really like, like... a guy like Daniil Gushchin. I think that could also be fun. Uh, I'd be surprised if Gushchin makes the NHL full-time next year, but I would love he is, it because I'm is, huge. He is a point-a-game NHL player. Two NHL games, one goal, one assist. Point-a-game. You know what? You it's going to trend, like, 100%. There's no <laughs> doubt in my mind. Uh, love, I, lo- I love Gushchin. Uh, He's amazing. But I, 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 I can't quite see Eklund winning it i just i don't know winning it maybe maybe jesper volstead if he gets some bigger minutes but Mm. i mean phil gustafson's in the way in minnesota like it's yeah and gustafson's having really really good numbers he's been like gustafson has been lights out it's i think there are players that could beat out fantilly but this their situations are kind of getting in the way both with the year check and with volstead yeah um is there anyone else that could unseat uh, Fantilli for number two in Calder voting? Perhaps Shimon Yemets if he has a really good season? Possibly. I think there's more of a road for him to getting a big role than Yearcheck as a rookie. I think I could see him yeah. getting bigger minutes from the start, but I, I, yeah, I've i always been a bit lower two. on Nemets. Like I've, I, I've always been lower on him, and I think that he's going to be mm-hmm. a, a relatively quietly effective very very good nhl defender but i don't know if like calder or norris voting is necessarily uh going to be there um in the future if but. it ever if it ever does become that it's definitely going to be the skating and intelligence of course um, but it's just about how far that gets him versus the skill set because your skill set is off the charts it is he's one of the most toolsy defensemen we've seen in a very long while whereas nemets is very much toolkit very much sure. you know blending the the skills he has together in a way that's projectable in a way that's useful and and will lead to good results but i mean he doesn't have a blistering shot he doesn't have the most high-end playmaking he's just a really really good skater really good defensive uh, rush defender um with uh great great awareness and vision but there's nothing that jumps out at you in terms of hands in terms of shot in terms of skill it's just really really smart good skater and i those rarely win called uh, calders or norris's or yeah. any awards really they're just quietly too subtle guys, but just yeah, like shane no, wright exactly. it's the same reason as Wright. i think he's too subtle to win to, to, to like be in that contention for a calder yeah no it's just you look at the guys that won it recently i mean uh maddie Beniers is anything but subtle you can notice them on every shift uh exactly more cider uh anything but subtle as electrifying well. was, mainly it was those bone crushing hits that that vision coming out of his zone um the the passing ability the blistering shot like all of that is just is flashy and that's what wins you rewards but 
uh, yeah, that mainly wraps it up for our second segment. Now we're going to get into our third segment here uh, with three more questions, including a fun one to end things off. Uh, just want to get started with this question by Maxwell Long. Uh, could we get a way too early top five for the 2024 NHL drafts right-handed defenseman? Top five is like really said, early. Way, way, way too, too early, early. To, to look at five right-handed D. I could give you a top five of the draft, but we've kind of singled out a couple names that we really like um, kind of combining both our brains here to kind of work through five defensemen that we've watched, but uh, yeah, we've taken a little break since the 2022 class. So our 2024 knowledge uh, will grow a lot in the next couple of months, I think Um, for sure. But as of right now, we are, we racked our brains for the top five. So I I hope it's, uh, it's, it's good enough. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, come come back to us in September, October. We'll have more than a top five for you. But to start things off, I think for me, Artem Lashunov has kind of separated himself from the pack in terms of right-handed D. Um, uh, six foot two, about 200 pounds, playing for the Green Bay Gamblers in the USHL. He's Russian, uh, sorry, Belarusian in origin. I, I just sparked a war. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, uh, really good defensively, has great vision coming out of his zone. Um, he he is inconsistent, which is pretty typical for players his age playing the OSHL. Um, but anything you've liked in your viewings of him? I've, I think I've been more lukewarm personally. I've seen some really questionable decision-making at times. Uh, I think that the, the toolkit is really good, yeah. but... I, I haven't been ultra enthusiastic, and I've, 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 I know other st- scouts have had other viewings that have been amazing. And again, I'm yeah. at like one and a half logged actual viewings that weren't just in passing of him. So it's yeah. really early days for me. Uh, but eh, I think I think <laughs> right now, like, if I'm talking about how enthusiastic I am about him, I would not have him in like a top ten perspective. But mm-hmm. I'm kind of projecting the 2023 class on to 2024, and 2024 is a lot weaker than 2023. So we'll see how it goes with time. Uh, another name that is, has been floating around a lot that I'm a lot more familiar with is Henry Muse. Yeah, I've logged like oh, 20. Sure. I've logged 20 plus live viewings of of Muse where I wasn't necessarily focusing on him uh, because I'd be watching a lot of like Pinelli and Roar here in Ottawa. Uh, but I've watched a lot of him both at forward and at uh, on defense because he's been playing both a lot for Ottawa. Um, and yep. he's he's fun. He's skilled. He's a, he's a he's a subtly good curl and drag wrist shot. He 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 times his shots really well. He's very good shot selection. Decent distributor. Mm-hmm. Defensively, he's okay. I haven't seen anything where I'm like, oh yeah, this is a defensive stalwart. Uh, I, I I I see. I can definitely see why he's played some games at forward uh, with the CC7s, yeah. but eh, I'm not seeing any like standout elite skills. And I think that's what kind of spooks me in terms of like, I'm seeing him in like some like very early top 10 rankings and everything I've seen has been good, but not great. Yeah. And like I, some interesting tools, but at least for like an early top, like 10 or 15, I don't think he'd be inside of it. And I've, I've watched yeah. like he, he's, he is the one I've watched the most out of in this entire draft class, along with Frankie Morelli, another Ottawa boy. Yeah. Uh, but uh, who's actually quite fun. Morelli's fun, undersized. I think he's a left shot, 
I forget right now. It's yeah. been a while since I've watched Ottawa play, but uh, <laughs> Muse is interesting, and I think that like that that positional versatility is really fun because he's super fluid in his offensive zone rotations as a result because he's played both positions and he can switch. So when he's on the ice, especially like like if it's like on the man advantage or with an X or with the empty net, he's really mm-hmm. fluid in switching positions with a player like Vincent's Roar, and I like that, but. Again, the lack of elite toolkit uh, scares me off a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Then you you know th- this draft is mainly kind of a left shot D draft. It's it's a it's a deep draft for defensemen. You're definitely you know you've got a lot of options in the first round. Um, one guy I'd look at in kind of that range would probably be Adam Yurichek, who's pretty who's been pretty good. Um, you know he's he's kind of uh, underweight right now at 152 pounds uh, as he's listed on the Elite Prospects website. But he's 6'1". He's got a lot of weight to add to his frame. He does try to play physically, which is what I like to see from a guy who's adding weight. It's just, are you willing to engage physically or are you shying away from that? Because once you add weight, that's not going to change. Um, you know, the main thing with me with Juracek is great shooter. He's got great manipulation from the point. I really like the way that he opens up lanes from the point, uh, which is really good. So that's one guy I would kind of put in that consideration uh, for the top five. Also, Zane Parek is is one who I've really liked he's watching. He's, he's incredibly he's fun. He he's, he's, he struggles defensively, but for sure. <laughs> he's but in, in the offensive he's definitely zone, fun. he is he, he blends deception and playmaking great handling and a really impressive shot. Like he, he, he's, yeah. he's, he's really quite lanky and small still. And he, he scored 20 goals in the OHL last year, 20 plus goals. Yeah. And uh, every viewing I had of him live, I was just like, this kid is fun. And, and mm-hmm. there, there were, I think twice Saginaw was in town uh, where he was like injured and, when I realized that he wasn't on the like, playing those games, I just felt disappointment. And I think that that's a good sign <laughs> for me of like, I was yeah. genuinely disappointed when he wasn't playing the game. Uh, because yeah. like, I mean, Saginaw has other really fun pieces that I could watch instead, like Joey Willis and uh, Michael Misa. But yeah, Zane Parak is really, really fun. And I think yeah. at least early on, I have him basically slot in as a slightly lower end right shot version of Cole Hudson. That's been my first impression. Yeah but I need a way more viewings of both to, to really officialize yeah, no, that. Absolutely. And a quick shout out to EJ Emery from the NTDP. He's been playing decent hockey. Um, pretty uh, physical for a guy, uh, you know, that's about 6'3", but 165. Uh, um, you know, he's a March birthday. He's got great value on him. I think that you're mainly getting a defensive contributor out of him, but uh, he's got some decent flashes of breakout skill his his transition passing is pretty good so one guy would kind of hedge my bets on maybe in the second you know start of the second round something like that but again way early you've got a lot of viewings to get in so moving on to the next question here frank b from twitter asks uh shimon yemets or leo carlson in a dynasty league i am leaning leo carlson mainly because of how high of a floor he's got how certain he is to become a top six forward um you know, he, he's got some really, really high-end intelligence. They're pretty similar in terms of the profiles uh, for, for two players who play wildly different positions. Really intelligent, really good at passing out of their zone. Um, great transition play, uh, decent hands. Um, but really mainly what you're getting is a very smart and very safe player out of them. Um, but what's your thoughts on that? Out of uh, Nemes and Carlson? Um, yep. I, I think I would definitely go Carlson between the two. I, I mean, I've, I'm, I'm a lot lower on, on, on Nemets than most are, and I've kind of stayed consistent on that, uh, mm-hmm. where I, I like him, but I 
I think the ceiling is a bit more limited. Whereas Leo yeah. Carlson, I think, is <laughs> uh, a far more high end NHL prospect. Uh, I think he's mm-hmm. going to be a a likely top line contributor uh, for a very long time. He's consistent and effective yeah. and no matter what role you'll be slotted into, he will do an above average job at it. And that versatility sure. to me is really fun. Whereas with Nemets, I think he needs to build out on his tools a little bit more. Like, like the shots really good. Uh, there are flashes of, of fun deception and playmaking, but he still hasn't quite found the consistency in those elite end plays, which spooks me a little bit. Uh, so if we're comparing second overall picks there, uh, I would most certainly be going with Leo Carlson between the two. Makes sense for sure. And then we'll end things off with a kind of low key question. Uh, just end things off on a post- positive note here. We've got George Rogers who asks, if you can make one player grow six inches, who would you choose? And then JD Young adds, and why is it Shakir Muhammadulin? For those who don't know, Shakir Muhammadulin is six foot four um, and just absolute madness on skates. Uh, so, and we need him six- to be six foot 10. Objectively, yeah, we need to see that. Like, yeah, it would be wackier than than Zdeno Chara, and I, I I'm here for it. <laughs> I would love it every second of it. Uh, yeah, would it, it make him better at hockey? Probably not. Would it be more entertaining for me? Very much so. So I'm with JD Absolutely. on this one. <laughs> Absolutely. A quick shout out to Xavier Simono, a five foot six, five foot seven bulldozer of a player who would absolutely benefit from being six inches taller and probably have been a first round pick based on his production throughout his uh, throughout his draft year. His draft year, his draft plus one, his draft plus two was above average in production, but because he was short, got overlooked literally and figuratively. Uh, but yeah, no, that's one guy we kind of put in that conversation. Gavin Thorson went undrafted, I believe. He did. Uh, he would really he would... benefit. He, has, he already has that dog in him. So yeah, I think he would benefit. I think maybe Gavin Brindley could be really fun oh, if he were yeah. like, yeah, he'd be fun. That, that good rush defending for a forward with the reach he has, he'd probably be a defenseman if he was six inches Possibly. taller. Yeah. And he'd be electric. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Cole Hudson? <laughs> is that wild? Oh my goodness. Say? It is kind of wild. Lane Hudson would probably be in that conversation as well. But uh, I, was... I, I don't I don't think Lane Hudson would be better with the size. I think Cole Hudson might. But Got it. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's a it's a fun question. Are there any other contenders? Um oh Michael Hrabble. Make him seven feet tall. <laughs> seven foot seven foot one. Why not? He's already six seven or six six, right? Like make six, him seven, seven I feet. Believe. I need I need yeah. I need a seven foot one NHL goaltender who just takes up the entire net and doesn't have to move. Give me her exactly. please. Just give me a brick wall. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but that wrap things up for our uh, first episode of the week here at Lockdown NHL Prospects. If you like what you've been watching, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment thinking, uh, just let us, letting us know what you think and maybe even plugging in a question or two for our next Mailbag Monday. If you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day. For your second le- listen of the day, make sure to check out Lockdown Sports today. They've got all your headlines for all of your news coverage for the week uh, throughout the sports world. World, so make sure to check them out. Um, this has been Hattie Kalakesh with Sebastian High, and we'll see you next time.